Welcome to Black and White, a place where we educate, advocate and amplify Indigenous knowledges, ways of being and thinking. It is an opportunity to bridge the gap and translate between two worlds, initially for educators but more importantly allies and people who want to listen, learn, unlearn and relearn. A place that removes fear and answers those questions one is afraid to ask where we walk together on a learning journey. Bayajul Budri Yagaragu Yora Yora Nura Burang Bayajul Budri Yagaragu Burangad Burani Yagu Barubagu Yoragu Bayajul Budri Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Yora Noragu Bimal Wayangagu I speak well of the Yagara people the people belonging to this country where we record the podcast. I speak well of the old ones, past, present and the future people. I speak well of my elders, of my ancestors, of the Darug people, as well as all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards country and Mother Earth. I acknowledge and I recognise all Indigenous people across the world. Welcome back to Black and White. Episode 2, Season 2. Hope everyone's well. We're up in Bundaberg today with my wife Tammy. How are you, Tam? Good. We're uh, on Gurungurang country, I believe, uh, where we are today. So, Warami, um, Budri, Baya, Junior, Yago, good to speak to you today. Yep. And up here for the Queensland titles for lawn bowls. Not for us, for juniors, for Taylor. So, yeah, made our way up here. Be up here for the week. Um, nice and warm up here. And, yeah, he starts playing tomorrow, Monday. So, be interesting for him. And, yeah, how was your week? Uh, not too bad. Um, I guess one thing from last podcast that, I guess kept chewing over my head was your question when you asked me around why we're not ready or whether it was around whether I was making an impact in Canada, Turtle Island, and why that isn't the same in Australia. Um, Yeah, I think I said, why are you doing it there and not here? Yeah, yeah. That, I chewed over that a bit more and I, I sort of, I don't think I answered the question well enough or to a, to a level I was kind of happy with um, as I thought about it. And, you know, we, we do all of these conversations live, don't we? And we just roll with it and see where it ends up. Yeah, but I don't even know what you're talking about today. That's <laughs> how professional I am, so. But, you know, if I reflect on that question as I did it quite a fair bit during the week, the reality is... In Australia and a number of organisations and businesses are just not brave enough and bold enough to take the step. Um, I think the big difference between Turtle Island, what I've seen and experienced versus Australia, is Turtle Island are starting to move towards action and commitment. Whereas we're still stuck in that notion of reconciliation and talking about it. Um, we have reconciliation action plans and, you know, within organisations or businesses, 
or schools, we have you know reconciliation officers or procurement officers, and it kind of falls to those individuals within an organization and it's a tick of compliance. Whereas I see in uh, particularly Canada, those positions don't really exist, but the whole business commits to it either through force commitment, through impact benefit agreements, or it's a genuine commitment to action. And, you know, Canada recognises that it's a hard journey and it, if it was easy, all organisations would already be doing it, right? Yeah. It's not that, easy. Um, do you think going green, like the planet becoming, um, trying to hit targets and stuff, goes hand in hand with Indigenous values? As such, like, do you think they could intertwine and they could do both together? Or? Oh, absolutely. If you started adopting Indigenous ways or worldviews, then I think it would be a lot easier to hit the different KPIs um, around sustainability and the environment. What's a KPI? I don't know a what key is. performance indicator, okay. like a metric, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, we talk about. Um, all of that, then, yeah, it, it's indigenous worldviews, indigenous ways of being, thinking, and doing. It's an approach yeah. that you've got to live, breathe every day. It's not a task. It's not a knowledge that you have to enact. It's it's the everyday little things that you build indigenous perspectives into. And I guess that's the cultural change that you know, as I've seen, Canada is committing to on a, on a more regular basis versus Australia who still seem to be very binary in its approach as in you know that's that bucket there that that perspective needs to be held by that team and that team only I, I don't understand why like speaking green like why we used to have milkmen that used to deliver milk to our houses in glass bottles mm. and they used to pick the glass bottles up but now everything comes in plastic and we dump it. Like what? I don't understand why we couldn't go back to that way of being where it was sustainable. Like People will miss out on money and capitalisation yeah, yeah. upon the profits that could potentially exist from the manufacturing I mean, of give them the their plastics. Glass, take, get your glass bottle and take it back to the supermarket mm. and rinse it out. Like they could reuse them at the supermarkets but oh. I don't understand this plastic notion and it's never going to change because of money obviously but they know they're destroying the world but they don't want to necessarily fix that issue but yeah and and I guess indigenous worldviews, indigenous ways are very much committed to leaving country um, in a better condition than the way we received it or committing to that yeah um, and what does that mean and how do we navigate that? And, and then what does that mean from an everyday point of view? Yeah. So we are discussing the same thing. Um, but I think in Canada, they tend to employ more consultants from outside of organisations to help walk with people on that. And that's how, you know, I'm employed um, in Turtle Island. Yeah. Because if it was easy... People within the organisation would already be doing it, but there's... Oh, they won't do they it. They can't. You can't do an organisation because they, 
They're too biased to the organisation. Correct, which is what um, I guess the power of consultants have, being external to the organisation, being able to have an elevated you know, view of different things and then pull the two parties together, you know, meet the goals, work out a plan, and they're the facilitators. Um, they're the advocates, the amplifiers, the educators. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, we've come full circle and we're sort of thrown in there about sustainability and um, the environment and um, being more respectful of country. But I wanted to kind of double back to that question because I think... In a way, I let a lot of people off scot-free, whereas, you know, I know you're the one that calls it for how it is, and I'm the one that tends to be more political, but I, I think it was a, a missed opportunity for individuals, for schools, for organisations to reflect on where they're at and why other countries, other organisations are doing a better job compared to where they are. And yeah. basically it comes down to, you know, calling them on where they are right now like having a reality about that yeah but then also asking for help and being brave and bold enough to recognize that and commit to that with money because nobody should do anything for free yeah. it, it, you know that those those days have gone um it's about recognition for knowledge for leadership for skills you know yeah. so so what do you want to talk about today? Well, I was thinking um, we've got the 26th of January coming up. And so a lot of people will know that as Australia Day. Um, it's obviously very different for Indigenous people. And so I wanted to talk about that. And what do we call it? Why do we call it that? And then how do we help um, educators, so teachers... And other professionals sort of navigate that space. What do yeah. you reckon? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I guess if we start with some history around what is Australia Day and why it is the way it is, um, it was basically designed to commemorate the founding of the land that we now call Australia, right? So on the 26th of January, 1788, Captain Arthur Phillip raised the Union Jack on this land that we now call Australia. That's actually on Darug country, right? Yeah. Where the first colonised. However, it was actually the 22nd of August in 1770, which Captain Cook claimed discovery of the land, right? Yeah. So already we've got two different dates. But it's the 1788 commemoration which is how the 26th of january has come to be so people call that australia day um, when that union jack was raised however for us indigenous people for aboriginal and torres strait islander people that was really the start of violence the start of massacres um, the introduction of colonial history uh, illnesses displacement and removal from families so it really is the start of a very detrimental history of, yeah. of our land. Um, but in terms of calling it Australia Day, the first National Australia Day was celebrated in 1915 on the 30th of July. So what was the significance of that date? It, it was essentially there to raise funds 
for World War One. And at that point, the states and territories all had different days over the years that celebrated Australia Day. Yeah. It wasn't until 1994, so only 30 years ago, that January 26 actually became the date for Australia Day. Okay, I can't really remember. I'm 1981 born, but I can't really remember a time it wasn't celebrated, to be honest. And then the point where it turned to a negative was uh, probably mid-2000s, like 2005, six. it was started to be a bit of a voice. Actually, there was a Cronulla riot, I think, happened around that time. That wasn't to do with Indigenous views, but that was to do with immigration and that's pretty violent down at Cronulla. So I remember that and then not too long after that probably turning to this thing that uh, Indigenous people didn't want to celebrate Australia Day on that date. Mm. Um, Still happens. We call them the Bogans. They're like the rednecks of Texas that come out with their patriotic flags and drive around and then ridiculous cars and do burnouts and all that sort of stuff. They still celebrate the day or, you know, the families will go to the beach that uh, from a white background. Um, but it's changing. Like Our radio station, Triple J, used to have the Hottest 100 on Hottest 100 songs on Australia Day. Well, they don't do that anymore. No. They moved the day probably 10, 8 to 10 years ago. They moved the day. So it's now on the weekend after Australia Day or before Australia Day. Mm. So they just do not recognise Australia Day at all. So we don't actually call it Australia Day. It's a day of mourning. Um, and that actually comes from 1938 when it was the first protest on around in the Darug country in Sydney area where the Aborigines Protection Association along with the Australian Aborigines League, I believe, basically held a day of mourning to recognise and raise awareness of the conditions that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders face. So the day of mourning was recognised 86 years ago, but the National Australia Day was only recognised 30 years ago. So for me, I go, well, you know, it doesn't really make much sense. 30 years is not that long ago. It's not like this has been a part of our constitution. It's not like um, it was written in 1901. We've only really been celebrating Australia Day for a word, you know, a phrase, celebrating um, for 30 years. We don't celebrate it. It's a a day to educate. It's a day of sorrow. It's a day of reflection. Um, You know, you'll hear other references around Invasion Day. yeah. See, I don't like um, the day itself. Um, whatever your view is about that day, twenty six. Um, um, you know, for me, that it's more seeing the Union Jack coming out. I don't, I don't particularly like our flag because I don't think it's our flag. It's dominated by English. The Union Jack in the corner, obviously. Um, 
you know, we've got the Southern Cross on there, that, that's Australian, but the rest of it's English. And I think that probably bears up more Indigenous people than anything, that Union Jack mm. being there. Then seeing the flag paraded around, they put it on stickers on their cards, they put it on dinner plates, so, you know, all this sort of crap. So that, that to me, like from my point of view, that is a bit of scarring there. Just parading but around. if that was the the date where it all started to change, and that was your place marker, let's just say you were on the other side here, would you be happy to celebrate that day? Well, I'm not celebrating it. No, I went to work last Australia Day. Yeah, and it, I probably can get fined for doing that because it's you know it's a public holiday. You can't make noise. But I went to work. I didn't celebrate it at all. No, and, and we haven't celebrated it for a while. Um, yeah. Just because we don't believe in it. Um, it's a, it is a day of reflection. Um, you know, I, I think half the problem here is people don't know our history. People make assumptions that we've been celebrating Australia Day for years. Yeah, I didn't where, know that it was 19... 1994. Yeah, I didn't know that. You know, 30 years ago. Yeah. We're coming up to the 30th anniversary. Yeah. Um, so it's still really, really young. Yeah. And yet, tell me why we can't move it. Well, there's no, there's no reason. No. But they'll tell you, the political powers will tell you that we're going to have to have a vote on this and, and uh, it can't be moved and uh, because most of Australia really likes it and... Mm. Well, most of Australia doesn't really like it. It's never going to solve anything unless we scrap the day. And it's interesting that um, a lot of councils now have scrapped the celebrations, um, which is really, I think, supportive of of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people um, in this land that we now call Australia. And I I still believe it comes down to a bit of education. You know, we, we don't know what we don't know, and we don't always have... The ability to ask the right questions if you don't have enough of a knowledge base to go on or the confidence to ask the right questions yeah um but i guess that's why i wanted to sort of go back and do a bit of history around that and you know we're all responsible for being able to to change that you know the most important thing you can do either as a um, teacher an educator with your class with your staff um, as a leader within your organisation is create a psychologically sort of safe space for everyone and that's an ongoing process and, and you will make mistakes, you know. You need to allow people to ask questions and present all the facts in an unbiased account, not just the facts that, for example, you and I were taught at school around our colonial history, yeah. but also, you know, the, di- the dates in timeline around what actually happened when. Because we don't get taught that it's been 86 years since the first day of mourning no. was, you know, recognised. Yeah, exactly. We don't get taught that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's also about acknowledging that you, you may not know all the answers or have them. Yeah. And that's okay. To me, that level of vulnerability says, okay, let's learn together. Yeah. And let's commit to finding out and, and listening to allow people to have a voice and hear what they have to say. Um, a psychological safe environment also needs to be really conscious of the language that's used. Yeah. You know? 
I think um, that there's a lot of inappropriate words that are used like Aborigines, we don't use that anymore. Yeah. Um, it's Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander peoples. Um, I don't know what some other word, we've, we've said some other words before around uh, Abo, Tori. Um, what yeah, else? The, there's all these discriminative words. I yeah, like it's, it's horrible, yet they're still being used. Yeah. Um, them, they, you know, yeah. the amount of times people, if you really um, listen, people use those terms. Yeah. And, and that's not acceptable, you know. It's, this is a way to have everyone feel included. And that should be at the forefront of everyone's mind all the time, you know. As, a, as an individual, you should be thinking to yourself, are all my students, my staff, do they feel seen and heard and valued? And, you know, how do I know? And, and what evidence am I using? Am I using the evidence that I think from a biased point of view is correct? Or are you actually listening to how they feel? Yeah. You know, yeah. but I guess to help with that knowledge base during the week, I set up a Outlook calendar that people can subscribe to. Um, and that just shoots straight into people's online digital calendars so that they become aware of different dates of significance for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Like what, what's the significant dates for you guys? Well, there's multiple, you know, we've got NAIDOC week, we've got Mabo Day and Coming of the Light, which is really important uh, to celebrate for Torres Strait Islander people. Um, you know, th there's Reconciliation Week, there's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day. There's, there's like 26 dates that I've put in there with explanations down to, you know, the date that Australia signed off on the United Nations Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous People and what that means. Yeah. And, and what are these rights that Australia says and, you know, a number of countries around the world have recognized as being integral and then now what right so you know yes we can say that we agree that UNDRIP you know United Nations Declaration um, for the Rights of Indigenous Peoples is important yeah. but what are they doing about it you know how, how do you turn those words into actions and I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure how you do that. There's, there's a lot of opportunities here that people can take uh, if they're brave enough and willing to be learners. Yeah. And I think so many of our leaders have gone into protection mode and survival mode, uh, reactive mode, that they're not there yet or they're not brave enough to walk into that space with someone. Oh, there's too many layers of shit to go through. Yeah, and systemness, you know, that's the best excuse. They put excuse. all their systems in place and they put 16 layers of shit in the way so you can't get to the person you need to speak to. Yeah. You might as well be like ringing Telstra, like seriously, it's, it's a tick and flick and then you can't get to the person you want to speak to and then you give up. Yeah. Because it's too hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, then I've also heard, well, it's not on the strap plan or it's not on um, the annual implementation plan. Well, guess what? It's, you know, if we think about 
Indigenous perspectives and knowledges, it's on the Australian curriculum. It's in there. It's 1.4 and 2.4 of the um, professional standards for teachers. It's being a good human being adopting some inclusive practices. It's not just for teacher, it's for everyone. So if they're really willing to, um, you know, vote yes, which a number of allies did in the referendum, they need to be able to move towards living yes. Yeah. And that's where I'd like to see people, you know. When this 26th of January comes up, um, or right before it, commit to having the conversations. Don't just ignore the date, because that's not helpful, and that's not doing anything to support growth. And know that it's going to be uncomfortable, and that's okay. You do need to sort of sit in that space and go, oh, hang on a minute, maybe I wasn't taught our, our nation's history. And there's some great resources out there. You've got Daybreak, which is a picture book by Amy McGuire. Um, you've got Sorry Day by Coral Bass, I think it is. You've got Australia Day by Stan Grant. You've got Somebody's Land by Adam Goods and Ellie um, Lang. But, you know, and, and a great place to get these resources is uh, Riley Kelly Resources. She's a black business um, and a very deadly sister as well. Yeah. But I guess what it does, these resources, is provide you with a, a way to focus on a different narrative and what it means for Indigenous people. Um, you know, go through the actual timelines events. You can sit with kids as young as kindergarten right through to high school, sit with adults and go, well, hey, this is what we know, but here's the other side. Oh, wow, when, you know, they're starting to be aligned, you start to realise, hang on a minute, um, we're going to do things differently. And, and we need to start um, committing to educating and advocating for all the facts to be told and maybe if you are in a classroom doing a bit of a venn diagram which is like two circles nath yeah. that overlaps one side is about the colonial history and the other side is the indigenous history and experiences and then you know you, in the middle you kind of recognize what are the commonalities where do the facts intersect you know yeah. how you know break down how education has taught this date over time and why that may be it's 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 about having honest conversations and depending on your environment will depend on how much knowledge you have of that and that's okay yeah um it's about you know also capitalizing upon the opportunity to speak about what is equity and fairness and inclusion discuss the term bias we all have biases and yeah. a good leader will recognize that and be able to, you know, say where their bias is and be upfront and, and recognize that they need another view of someone who differs. That's why good leaders surround themselves with people who have differing opinions to themselves. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you think about when you're having these conversations, you're also giving students and staff and adults the opportunity to be critical thinkers to analyze and synthesize and compare you know at the end of the day we need to say what is your role here as an indigenous australian or a non-indigenous australian um, 
how would you feel if these acts were placed upon you and how would they shape your current beliefs if you had walked that journey you know from invasion so from the schooling point of view when the 26th of january comes around mm. which they have a holiday for yep the day before that or the day after what what happens in the school system um, generally speaking, it depends on the principal, the head of curriculum, or the individual teacher as to how much they either dictate or decide to focus on the date. So can you get in trouble for teaching an Indigenous view? No, you can't. But it requires you to be brave to do that, particularly if you are not Indigenous. What if that principal thinks you're wrong? Well, there are a lot of principals out there who do think that you're wrong and will have something to say but morally ethically you but you can't get in trouble for it obviously it's I'd love a... to see someone get slapped on the wrist for it yeah and and I guess it comes down to how you do it right so if you do have some Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students in your class maybe have a conversation with their parents first and go hey look I'm really wanting to do something to acknowledge the 26th of January um, from an Indigenous perspective or an Indigenous worldview, what are some of the things you don't want me to talk about or would that make your child feel uncomfortable or what, what do you think of that? This is an opportunity to relationship build with your parents and your community as well. What happens if your school celebrates Australia Day and you as a teacher, your class, you don't want to participate? Do you have to participate in that sort of stuff? Or can um, you make grounds not to participate and go, this is why, and justify your, your belief? Absolutely. But again, it takes some strong conviction. And particularly when you're a contract teacher, for example, that's really difficult because if you're seen to be causing ripples, yeah, then they want, to get rid of you. they want to get rid of you. Any excuse, right? Um, and I guarantee you, I've done many things in my time where I have made non-Indigenous parents of my students uncomfortable. And they've been quite forthcoming to tell me that. Now, I'm sorry that you feel uncomfortable, but that was something that was important to teach without bias. Um, you know, I, I had an elder come in and speak and there were some individuals who didn't like that. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends also how much is your leadership team going to support your teachers, yeah. going to support the right work. Um, they may or may not have the knowledge base themselves. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've also seen on the other side plenty of teachers who have gone, hey, I'm teaching the alternative view here. Yeah. And that's really, really important. There are some Indigenous students in classes in Queensland right now, I've met them, who have more knowledge of alternative timelines than colonial history than some teachers and adults in the schools that do. Yeah. I'm going to ask them, have a little conversation on the side to go, hey, do you want to have a yarn to the class around what you know? Well, what does this mean to you? Yeah, and do you? But you know, the question is, do you feel comfortable to do that? Because yeah. some may not, and that is okay. Um, for some people, this is a really, really hard day. We, 
we don't celebrate. That's why you've got the slogan, um, not a date to celebrate. Yeah. You know, so it's just about having those conversations and think of it as an opportunity to build the relationships amongst students and staff and leaders and, and you know, adults and people in general. Um, but it shouldn't be left up to only the Indigenous staff to, to I guess, educate and advocate, you know. If, again, live, yes, not just yeah. tick a box so you for yes. don't know the, the date of which we should celebrate, um, but what would you like to see celebrated on a, on a day for Australia to bring it together? Like what? What's some things that we could do to celebrate? Obviously, changing the day or scrapping the day is mm-hmm. one of them. But mm-hmm. what? What do we do on that? What day? could we do instead? Yeah. Um, I think it's an opportunity for media, for example, to show some Black history, yeah. not just colonial history. To be able to learn and teach what happened in local areas local councils can you know have workshops and um yarn with uncles and aunties um maybe it's a day of reflection that all individuals can get involved in um it i think do you think it could be like an anzac day where um like because i know there's a lot of massacres could we have like a minute silence and yeah. laying of race like an Anzac day? Could it be could it become an Anzac that, day? That's very colonial, I guess. Oh, okay. In in the way of, you know, approaching. The concept is yes. I guess how we do that and maybe it is that no, we connect like with country and yeah. 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 Absolutely. There's other ways to to acknowledge that date. Um, I, for me I always come back to country because that's our first and strongest connection um, as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and, and so I would always say that you connect with the land, the sea, the sky on those days. Um, yeah, smoking ceremony, um, understanding what happened in your immediate local area yeah. would be a good starting point. Um, what would I like it to be? For me, I just want a day, a day of acknowledgement and a day of reflection. Yeah. Where have we come from and why is it this date and where do we want it to be? I think it's hard to put a date on, well, from my white view, like a, it's hard to put a date on an Indigenous day because I don't really know a significant day because it's, the history's well, there's so thousands many... and thousands of years old, right? So. There is no such start date. No, but date and times are not calendar years for us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and there's also many different mobs around what we now call Australia who did things differently and different knowledges and practices and what have you, right? So I don't necessarily know if there's a celebratory date. We already have NAIDOC week and we have Reconciliation week. But I guess on that date... Why can't we have a national holiday... In NAIDOC week then, like just a and, day. And that should be, you know, there should be a date in there to celebrate our black history of our nation that we call Australia. There should be a public holiday that day. 
but I don't understand why, you know, it's been recognised as a day of mourning for 86 years, but yeah. only 40 for um, the national holiday, and that gets trumped. It's a silly time, too, because we've just come off holidays, everyone's going back to school. Mm. But, you know, if you move it into an ADOC weekend, week, put it in the middle of an ADOC week, um, it's in the middle of the year, so. That's right. It can make a bit more sense, but. Yeah, and I think it's it comes down to the discussion around what do we want out of this? And is it that we want to recognise that that date is the start of colonial um, occupation? And for me, that's not a positive thing. That has had a, a significant effect on our history as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, but also our future. The, the things that were done and have continued to be done to uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples continue to impact now. And will continue to impact because we're not doing anything to intervene. You know, yes, you could argue we're um, slapping some funding money on, you know, this scholarship program or that. We've got early entry or something different to university. You know, all of those are things. But until we change or address our approaches in everyday life towards inclusion and recognising valuing all people, including Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, until we put a treaty in place, then nothing is going to change. Like, I would love to see a national treaty. And that might be a date that we could celebrate together. Yeah. Um, I also want to sort of recognise the fact that on the 25th of January too is when the flag got freed. For the Aboriginal flag. So, you know, that's also one of the extra dates in um, the Outlook calendar that you can subscribe to. And for our listeners, um, if you go onto the Black Ignited Facebook page, there's a link there that you can click and it, and it can download directly to your digital calendars. But, you know, there's there's lots of dates that we could celebrate, but I, I guess I want to know is what what's the intention here? For me, the 26th is about the start of the occupation. So that's not a positive thing. No. That is a day of mourning. But then I'd really like to see a more positive celebration around a you know the day of the treaty signing um, or a NADOC celebration or whatever it is. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a balance. There needs to be that element of truth-telling as well as proactive change for the future towards inclusion, yeah. towards growth. So do you want to speak about anything else today? Or? I guess that's enough. Um, it, it is a bit of a prickly topic, or when is it not a prickly topic with some of the things that we speak about? But, you know, really reflect on who you are, what you do, how do you live your biases every day and try and sort of remove that. Think about ways you can advance the conversation around um, Australia Day, what you can do with your organisation, your business, um, your school or classroom, whatever it is. Be brave and be bold to have that. 
Um, you know, remember to follow the country protocols, um, engage with some elders or cultural advisors, but the questions you really need to ask yourself are, is everyone being seen, heard and valued? How do you know? And what evidence or metrics are you using and whose are they? Are they yours or are they somebody else's? Because if they're yours, that's not doing anything. You need to hear and listen to what other people need and want, particularly as a leader. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up for this week. Um, hope everyone had a great new year and has a great year. And we will talk to you in the next week or so. Yano. Yano.